I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about one of the sponsors of our podcast, and that is 503 Sports. 503 Sports is a site very well known for their throwback merchandise for a multitude of leagues, whether it be, for example, the World League of American Football, the World Football League, or in our case, the Arena Football League. I mean, if you're looking for any type of throwback merchandise from those teams that don't exist anymore, whether it be shirts, caps, customizable jerseys that you can get your own name and number, Detroit Drive, San Jose Sabercats, what? They're the place that has them. And just for our listeners of the podcast, they have a special offer just for you. If you use the promo code ARENAFAN, when you check out, you'll get 10% off your very first order. So head over to 503-sports.com, use the promo code ARENAFAN, get 10% off, and you want to thank them for being a sponsor of AFL Tonight. And welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with my co-host, Ben Fraternale. Wee-wee. And John Stark. Wee-oo. Hey, that's pretty oh, good. Damn. How are you guys? Uh, I'm fantastic. I'm a little bit congested. Apologies to the fans. Uh, I just took a Navage. Have you guys ever heard of this? What's a Navage? It is a motorized, and I'm not paid by Navaj oh, to say this. Oh, I know you're talking about Oh, yes. yes. It's a pop. motorized nasal suction thing. <laughs> yes. It was insane. Everybody needs to go to CVS and spend $100 on this because <laughs> it will change your life for about 10 minutes, and then you'll feel exactly the same you did before you used it. But, man, for those 10 minutes, I was flying high. Hey, well, it sounds Ooh. like something when you do one of those sprays up your nose, they, they last for an X period of time, then it's like they're done. Oh, I know. And the suction, Tim. I can't I've, imagine the suction. I've seen the suction. It's like it's a, like a it's like a booger remover for adults. Well, hey, you said it, not me. But yes, <laughs> there you go. Copyright. Now, Ben. So, now yeah. Ben, we're gonna stick this up your nose and get your boogers. We're gonna get your little boogers. Tim Capper's unhinged yeah. again. But uh, no, I'm I'm here. I'm good. Are you? Things are well. That's good. Yep, everything's going well with the uh, car and. Uh, oh yeah, rest in peace, Goose. Uh, <laughs> but you haven't yeah. you, you haven't been contacted by the RCMP, have you? No, no. Okay, and and, and nothing nothing from like the EPA okay. here. By so the way, if anybody doesn't know, the RCMP year. is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Just in case, if it was a Canadian goose, so 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 John's not going to jail. That's good to hear. Right, right. If true, yeah, yeah. Ben's not going to jail either. Nope, and I'm nasally irrigated. <laughs> <laughs> And all three of us are psyched. We're going to at least mention it off the top before we get into the, you know, into the full show. We are going to mention off the top that uh, all three of us, Ben, uh, John, and myself, and Dave Carlson, by the way, that's, that's a new addition to the, to the group. He is uh, a long time and an OG arena fanner. Um, did a lot of the programming on the back end. He also is going to be showing up uh, for our meet and greet in Columbus on Saturday at 4 p.m., at the Three-Legged Mare. Uh, that is, it's near the, what are they called? They call the Arena District in Columbus. I'm sure anybody who's listening in Columbus already knows this. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's in, it still is in the Arena District. It is close, uh, very close to the Arena. I know a lot of people were mentioning R-Bar uh, was the other place that they wanted to, but supposedly we heard that um, they weren't uh, uh, kid-friendly guys. So we had to change it to a place so that would allow 
the adults who are bringing their kids to see the game. It's really all about the kids. Yeah. Um, We're and, heroes. Yeah. And uh, what I thought was cool, by the way, is I will, if I wanted to, guys, I could get a taste of home. There's a Tim's attached to the arena. A Tim I know. Hort- I thought that was huge for you. Yeah, Hortons. I saw that. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. Home away from home, I guess. Um, but yeah, so uh, we mentioned it on the Arena Fan Facebook page. It is, uh, it is pinned to the top of our Twitter feed. Um, but and it is also on our message boards. So again, it'll be this Saturday at 4 p.m. It'll probably be only about for an hour or so because the three of us, I know we want to get to the arena and set things up before the game starts and we want to do what we do. Um, so 4 p.m. Uh, we'd love to see any of you guys there who are going to make the trip or whether you're in Columbus, we'd love to see you. And uh, maybe this could be a, uh, a thing down the future. Maybe something we could set up for Arena Bowl and stuff like that. So uh, we'll see how, how this goes. So. Yeah, anyone, you know, holding a grudge, this is a perfect chance to assassinate <laughs> one of us. Um, I feel like an assassination oh, wow. would be huge for the show. Okay, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, we're looking for that boost. Yeah. I uh, hope you guys know how to edit. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> just in case. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, also, we received uh, some very good feedback on the show last week. I know Death we John and Ben, that's, I hope not. Uh, we, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know John and Ben, you were talking about it, uh, 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 about that before we started the show, right? Yeah, absolutely. We, I had several people that I talked to about fantasy and even some family that listened to the show all, all said they liked, liked our take on what's been going on with the scoring and with, uh, our experiences and just everything that we talked about last week. Yeah. And, and while we were recording, it was, it was such a marathon show, you know, I think all of us were sort of losing consciousness and <laughs> regaining it, and and Tim was going on the most epic rants that you one could ever hope for, and I think that will uh, go down in history this season. I don't think we'll ever forget that night. Yeah, well, I'm always afraid when I do. You know, whenever any of us soapbox, I'm sure we always feel that we have a a. There's always something. We always have a, an idea of what it will go like, and I'm sure at the end, sometimes you're like, eh, that was kind of crappy. You know, I was afraid. I didn't know how well it was going to go because I feel sometimes my rants, they, you know, they don't end up being what I want them to be and getting, you know, I ramble and get the point across. But I mean, do you guys get that too when you guys go off on when you're soapboxing? I I think what's really interesting about this show specifically and and talking about arena football, in all honesty, is that, you know, you could be on an NFL show talking about X, Y, Z, any given player, any situation and and anything you have a problem with or any person you have a problem with. And you're really just talking about that person. And there's really nothing, there's no way that that information is going to transmit to that person. And this is such a interesting uh, forum for us because we have personal relationships with the people and things that we're griping about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that often makes it hard almost to say, you know, to say that I dislike something or someone or what something did because it's like, I'm going to see them next week. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, not that, that every player listens to this show necessarily, but you never know. I mean, we're, we're talking about the whole, the whole scope of the league constantly and we're always honest. Do so always, but do you I hope everyone tongue, knows. But do either of you bite your tongue when you know you possibly may see somebody or somebody may hear you or you, you, you just let it flow no matter what you say? I was really, really, uh, I didn't necessarily want to talk about the soul uniforms. 
Yeah, I got a because, comment. You know, I got I a actually, comment about that too on social media this week. Oh, it, it was God. like, Tim, now ever since I heard your rant, all I see now is white when they bend over. I'm thinking that's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like you know we know the guy who is is at the head of that, and we, and we love him and support him, and uh, you know you don't want to really trash things that that your your friends are doing and putting hard work into. So occasionally, I don't know about you, John. No, you know, I've never really felt like I've had to bite my tongue. But when I first, you know, became a credentialed member of the media and, and moved moved on from really just being a fan of the game, mm-hmm. uh, especially the first year or two, I found it so hard to talk about the losses that the Washington Valor were taking, being such a big fan of DC sports, like the optimism, I, I had none. It's it's tough. Yeah. But I've never felt like I've had to hold back. I, I'm thankful for that. I, I'm glad I've never had any super negative feelings about anything involving the league, teams, players, staff, any anyone. I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm in love with this this league. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's good to hear. You know, the the good and the bad, no matter what, you're always in, in low. It, you've always have something good to say. There's always a good with with a bad. There's always right, a good and, and, bad. and 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 in terms of the love aspect is crucial because you know anyone who's hearing us say something negative, I think most people are aware that that's coming out of a love for it because yeah. we wouldn't be yeah. going on an impassioned rant mm-hmm. if we didn't absolutely love it so much that we wanted this to be better mm-hmm. or wanted you know someone to do better. So it's. Yeah. It's out of the love. Yeah. And it's funny. Uh, you had mentioned, and I brought up, you know, just in passing there, uh, we we're talking about Phenom Elite. Uh, John, and only you can really talk to it because we it's, it's a huge thing for us because something we haven't done in a, quite a long time. We got our Phenom Elite Arena fan merch in, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Uh, and you and Ben are going to get a chance to try it on this weekend. I, I was able to uh, wear it. It got shipped to me. And I wore it out to the uh, Valor game this past weekend, and it's very comfortable and workable, and I- I'm glad we were able to team up with Nathan and Phenom Elite. Yep. Did you have your matching New Era hat? I did. Oh, I did. Swag. I, I, hope you <laughs> swag. To, I hope you bring that to Columbus. Swag. You said that you said that the commissioner saw it or mentioned you or, or something some to that effect, right? Isn't that what you said, John? Oh, yeah. He said he liked it. He said drip, drip, baby. Oh. <laughs> Um, then of course, John and his, his glam shots. I love those glam shots that you oh did. Oh my God. Yes. It's like, it's like what you were doing, you know, pointing like at well, my phone, you yeah. know, I'm above it. Oh, and, oh, it's one pointing the one pointing. I like that one. Oh, well, oh. you know, it's like, you know, how else are you going to know what this really looks like unless you see someone wearing it? That's true. Yeah, absolutely. And we're obviously, we're going to have to do our own photo shoot. Oh, the boys are back. Another shot. Do your own photo shoot and our swag. So. Yeah, um, uh, one of the big things that came over the wire uh, before we started today, and, and and this leads into something that we were so glad to get from the league, um, is that Malachi Jones uh, was placed on league suspension. Um, I know, John, you've had some people reach out to you. I've had some people reach out to me. I don't know, Ben, if you have or not. but Certainly, yeah. Um, they're basically wondering, well, what's what's up? And with all honesty, guys, we don't know. We can only speculate on what we know of what the definition is uh, for a league suspension. See where I'm going with this? Nice segue. Um, No, I have no idea. You have no idea? I'm kidding. I know where you're going. I love you, Tim. (laughs) Um, Sharpshooter Tim Capper. And the the reason why I'm 
why basically I'm saying it that way is that the league was I reached out because with having a more emphasis on uh, on you know with DraftKings and betting and it being very important on what and why a player is listed as they are on the practice reports. I reached out to the league to get a full uh, sheet uh, of definitions for every single uh, transaction type that they have. And if, guys, the page, the thing was three pages long. It was a good document. It, yeah, it, that list is a doozy. It is a doozy. I had forgotten about some of them. I forgot. And what's funny, I'd forgotten about the retirement one, and we had one today. And it showed for the uh, somebody from the uh, Empire was placed on retire- on the retirement list. Yeah, I think his name is Eric Wren. Yeah, something like that. Um, but to, for for those who are basically saying, well, what does and I, you know, it's like I, do, Tim, I don't know what uh, what it means to be placed on the suspended list. Well, if you head over to our transactions page, it, it's from the front page. Go to um, the news tab and go down to transactions. And then at the top of the transactions, uh, it is listed as there's a link there for transaction type definitions. It will bring you to all the definitions that the league gave to us in that one document. And just to explain what it means to be placed on on suspension, and I'm looking for it now. I should just do a search and try to find it, right? Um, <laughs> uh you're crashing. You want me to read it? You know, I, if you have it in front of you, please, I'm crashing and burning trying to find Temporarily it. removing player from the team roster due to the circumstances, uh, parentheses, disciplinary bereavement, NFL tryout, etc. That's the that's the, the gist of it. The gist of it. Okay. And they can be granted extensions. Okay. So it could be, I mean, we've seen guys, I'm speculating. Usually when I see somebody, no matter who it is, if it's a, if it's a regular or if it's a star, I usually when I hear hear that I usually think of some sort of tryout where there be could be the CFL or the NFL. I, I don't know. Could be bereavement, uh, something that they're not going to tell us. You know, it's not right. like them uh, getting an, uh, an emergency kicker. You know, it's like oh, they're going on bereavement. Um, even though I think other leagues might, I think like the CFL has a has a has a bereavement clause or a bereavement uh, definition. Um, so unfortunately, guys, you know as much as we do. Um, just based off the definition itself. So um, I guess the matter is, is if you are thinking of putting Malachi in your uh, your DraftKings lineup for this week, just wait for the moment and just stay tuned to uh, stay tuned to uh, Arena Fan for any updates that come on the on the transactions, which are usually released about six p.m. And John John puts them into the into the database, sends them off, and then we then we will retweet them. So um, any. Any ideas, guys, or are you guys taking the exact same thing that I am with uh, with Malachi? I'm like rubbing my hands together, like like in an evil motion, sort of laughing to myself <laughs> over what over what this might mean. But I will abstain from uh, speaking further on this matter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think it's fair to say I think we're I think we're all thinking along the same lines that maybe as I said uh, maybe some sort of tryout. Don't know, but as I said, we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> going. <laughs> Going to the actual definitions, um, now that you have seen the full list of them, anything that really stand out or one, one that, because Ben, I know you and I have been following the transaction in the league for such a long time. I know, right. I know John, you not as, as long, but I'll start with you, Ben. Any of the finally getting a definition of made you, made you, you know, have a, a, a raise your eyebrow and say, oh, okay, now I get it. Uh, I mean, kind of. Uh, I think it was really nice to see it spelled out like this, um, especially just the conditions of reassignment. 
Yeah. Um, and like the timing of all of it and how exactly it works from like a logistical perspective with teams having to, you know, do X after 24 hours or 48 hours. Um, and it's just sort of reminded me again, I wish that the transactions were named differently. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a lot clearer in the NFL to say a player signed to this team, a player was, was released from this team, right? You know, these terms are not conducive to just enjoy. I mean, they, they seem like very very clearly spelled out as a result of probably the way the union deals with the league um, and and what they've agreed as are, are the terms for releases and signings. Um, they don't really seem like they were engineered to be publicly uh, understandable immediately. So I think this document is going to be really helpful for people. John? Yeah. I mean, since I've been doing the transactions now the last year and a half, two years, two seasons, whatever, however you want to say it. Uh, I've come to understand it better, but without going into too much detail here on the list and everything, I think that it definitely spells out more than a few questions that people have on the regular about, like Ben was saying, it really spells out the recallable reassignment terms. Quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, and you, you can you can understand how they're active how they're placed, how you can claim them. I'd suggest going to our website and checking the definitions page out, and you will be well informed. Very well informed. I'm looking at this. Placing on team or league suspension, I mean, we were talking about before with Malcolm. It's huge. That's such a, it's so detailed. It's so detailed. I just, you know, it's one of the ones that I, I'm glad they expel it because we usually, we're, and we were right in the information that we knew was the injured reserve list. And now we know also how many players can be activated um, by a team off of IR, unless there is an extension uh, that is agreed upon by the PU, which has happened, I think, the last three out of five years. I think there's an extension by an additional player. Um, but it, it spells everything out. You know, now everybody knows when it comes to, to recallable reassignment, they're not necessarily not off the team. They may be off the team within, 24, within 48 hours. So I like it. I'm very happy. Yeah, it's great. It's I'm, great to see some transparency. Yeah, I'm very, very happy with this. And, uh, and thanks much to, uh, to Joe Kleinsmith, uh, the, player, uh, the director of player personnel, and to uh, Commissioner um, uh, Bo, who was uh, uh, included in my email uh, to try to get this information, and uh, uh, we really appreciate uh, the, uh, the the prompt answer that you guys gave to us. So it's it's, it's really greatly appreciated. And I'm sure all the all the fantasy players are, are happy about it too. I'm, and I'm sure RotoWire and DraftKings and <laughs> you name them are happy. So now that they have a a full understanding of what it actually means, um, let's talk about the games here, guys. Um, it, there was good and bad from from the games this week. Um, but I think overall, uh, it was a very competitive weekend. Is that fair to say? Sure. Yeah, we could say that. Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why I mean, not? I certainly could say that. Yeah, we could say that. Um, uh, we'll start with the game on Friday. It was the Baltimore Brigade against the Columbus Destroyers. Um, a, a game that started off, uh, we feel, you know, if there were any questions to about Joe Hill's, um, that first play ended any speculation right there, right there. 44 yard touchdown from Boyd to Hills extended his streak to 95 straight regular season games with a touchdown, uh, on the road to 100. Um, the, the destroyers, uh, were in it at one point. Um, but 
they they ended up losing 48-30 to stay uh, winless on the year. Uh, John, what was your thoughts? uh, What were your thoughts on this game? I thought that the Destroyers definitely had their moments, but the Brigade were in the driver's seat the whole game. It's to the point where near the end there in the fourth, within the last five to seven minutes, they they put up two touchdowns in kind of like an embarrassing way. Uh, when I think, uh, what was, was going on? Fourth, there was a fourth yeah, down. And, it was. Uh, Columbus continued to take time out, so the brigade were forced to throw it, and they threw that's a touchdown. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So Columbus was basically asking for it. So, th- thanks for that, Ben. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think they had their moments, and I think that they they're definitely starting to come together. It's going to be nice to see them in Columbus at their home opener and actually see them solidify. We have some receiving options. And now that, you know, Donovan Morgan's disappeared onto the injured reserve, which is huge news, which we haven't even talked about yet. No. Um, he's, he's freeing up a roster spot for somebody else. So hopefully they find the rhythm, uh, this, this next coming week. That actually just reminded me, uh, John, when you were getting to the, the, there was a lot of contention at the end of the game. Um, after the timeout and the touchdown, you know, there was a lot of fighting in the game and we really never talk about this. And I'm really curious what you guys' opinions are, because for example, in the arena football video game, it was almost like, uh, it was almost like slugfest. Like players were fighting after plays and it was like, they were trying to make the AFL into this almost like wrestling kind of league where, you know, there's like fighting every play. And there's some games like this one where there really were a lot of physical altercations on the field. And I'm curious whether you think that's good, whether fans get excited about that and whether it's just like a way that the league is slightly different than the NFL or whether you think that's just bad for the image of the league. Well, I saw a lot of it going on right in front of the benches, especially after scoring plays. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily bad good for the image of the league i think fans might enjoy it but i'm kind of more concerned about the safety of the players because some of these guys are our friends yeah exactly so i don't want anybody getting hurt out there someone assaulting someone because they're upset about a scoring play right Uh, it's tough i mean it's in hockey it's encouraged well not encouraged but it's part of the game you know it's 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 literally part of the game it's like like, exactly it's like baseball and plunking somebody it's an unwritten rule yeah Tim, what about you? I think, you know, to me, it shows passion. I think that's the main thing. I mean, I, I get sometimes it can. I mean, they need to understand that they could they, they if they do something that they get ticked off enough that they're going to, you know, put a hand in somebody's face uh, you know, or as stupid as tossing a ball at somebody to get a reaction. They can right. easily get penalized or, or they can get tossed. That's that's the good thing about the league is that there are, you know, there are repercussions of certain things. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that the video games were <laughs> the, the video game made it, I think it was it, it was a real exaggeration of what it actually was. Because remember remember the game the first game, the, the Kurt Warner game they based off of off of NFL Blitz. Right. You know, the second game was nothing like it. You know, it was more like Madden. So, but at fighting and stuff. I mean, you could tackle players after the play ended, which was amazing. That's yeah, that's true. <laughs> but but it's um, I, there's never really been an issue in the arena league when it came to this type of thing. I, I don't, I can't, th- I can think of some bad things that have happened. But as I said, uh, it, it seems to, you know. Yeah, I think earlier this year we had guys who were they're basically throwing haymakers at each other, and they both got tossed. 
And it, and it was like, I remember seeing him like, why? Why <laughs> why they get tossed? Because it seems so, it just seemed, not, not saying normal, but it just seems so minor compared to what it could have been. So right. um, maybe there's been a mandate of, of, you know, but to the referees. I don't know. But do I think it hurts the league? No. No, I, I don't think it does. Because I don't think the Arena League will never be known for as as a fighting league. You know, I mean, it, I right. think it just shows passion, passion and heart. And they're, they're just, you know, they they're, they just get ticked. <laughs> right. That's fair. That's fair. They what about tick. you, Ben? I don't know. I mean, I'm really mixed on it. I think I might lean toward sort of where Tim was going with that, which is that, yes, it's very consistently in the league. I mean, maybe even more recently than it used to be in the past where fighting is happening every single game almost. Um, and it does show passion. And I think it does engage fans in a weird way. That I don't think it's like cool necessarily to be like loving fighting on the field. You know, if, especially like you said, John, if like health is being, you know, it, but, but really yeah. these players are in full pads and there's, and it's rare that you're seeing a fight where the helmets are off and they're just like throwing fists. Yeah. So, Idea, well, we did have that scuffle near the end of the game in front of the benches. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When it's near the benches, it's a lot more dangerous because there's yeah. players that helmets on and there's coaches and refs and stuff. Um, so, in general, I don't mind the post-play kerfuffles if you if you don't mind my English. But uh, yeah, I don't really love the the action where it's like helmets off. You know, someone might get clocked hardcore, and if that does happen, there will be huge changes. I'm sure. Oh, for sure, and sure. I mean, I think the league, the league's never, you know, they, they've, they've banned people. They've banned people for, for right. things that, that we have deemed bad. I mean, really bad, <laughs> right? you know, I mean, but you know, we've seen, we've seen coaches fight. We've seen this, that, and the other. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's just, yeah, it, the leagues, I think all leagues go through. This isn't like, you know, I've, I've known some, you know, some, like I said, hockey, football, they're not the same thing. Baseball's not the same thing. There are written rules and there are unwritten rules. So it's. Right. And the AFL has always had a reputation for being slightly edgier, not XFL edgy, but slightly edgier, slightly more relaxed in sort of what it lets players do. Yeah. You know, while the NFL was banning touchdown celebrations, the AFL was getting on ESPN top 10 for, exactly. for their elaborate celebrations. So it goes multiple ways. Yeah. And um, and yeah. uh, Baltimore, out of the six cities right now, Baltimore is the edgiest, even even over Philly in terms of you know, Royal Farms Arena, the fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's that's like that's I mean, the, that's yeah. the Baltimore attitude. And and I actually really kind of like that about Baltimore. Like this is sort of a little bit contradictory to what I was saying, but I, I I like that Baltimore has a reputation. I think that the AFL with with shuffling teams constantly, players going around every single year now, um, really mixing it up. It's cool that teams have identities. I think. Being able to maintain that, obviously, some of that comes to coaching. Some of that comes to the core players they're keeping. Mm. But, like, if you've got Josh Victorian on your defense, everyone's going to be fired up. Everyone's going to be talking. And and there's something awesome about the fact that uh, teams like Baltimore, Baltimore has the, the fight. Philly has almost the, like, New York Yankees kind of, like, we're buttoned up mm-hmm. atmosphere. Um, and, and other teams are sort of developing their own styles. And I think that's huge for the league because, you know, something the AFL has definitely struggled with is maintaining personality um, through each franchise. And, and there's still a lot of work to be done in featuring individual players and marketing stars and things like that. Of course that's hard to do now, but, but uh, it's cool that that teams overall are are getting that. Yeah, I I agree. 
Um, more about the game. So Grant Russell, uh, he was 14 to 22, 172, two and one. Leading receiver for the Destroyers uh, was uh, Paul Revis, uh, 59 yards and a touch. Sorry, excuse me. Jensen uh, Stoshak, 67 yards and a touchdown. Revis had 59 and a touchdown. Uh, most receptions went to Fabian Guerrero, who went scoreless. Uh, Grant Russell also had a, uh, a rushing touchdown for Baltimore. Shane Boyd, uh, remember what I was talking about last week, which is going to show up, the Jekyll or the Hyde? Well, looked like the the the, uh, the Jekyll showed up. Uh, Dr. Jekyll showed up. Uh, Shane Boyd was 24, 34, 287, 5 and 0. And I, and I think that first play of the game really it, it basically said, yeah, this is the yeah. Shane Boyd that's going to show up. Uh, leading receiver was Joe Hills, uh, six receptions, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Brandon Tompkins had led the team in receptions with nine. He also had a touchdown. Uh, but Brandon Collins led the team with two TDs, and also Milton Williams got in with one. Two rushing touchdowns also, Rory Nixon. And Shane Boyd. Can we just talk about real quick? Yeah. Uh, Fabian Guerrero's 180 all-purpose yards yes, and and the return yes, I was touchdown. About, I forgot. Yeah. I was yep. about to mention that. Yeah. Yep. And that was a thing of beauty. That was oh, a thing was of beauty. Oh, it was. I mean, just right up the center. It's like do 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 right through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he dusted everyone. Just burned them. He really did. Yeah, he really. It, it was actually. I, I love. You know, we don't see them all that often. You know, kickoff yeah. returns for touchdowns anymore. I mean, but it's that was a that was a thing. That was that was that was pretty sweet. It reminds you, it's still a factor. Yeah, that that was yeah. that was that was pretty sweet. I, I I loved it. I love it. So it's. Uh, I love to see more. It makes me wonder. You think Guerrero's going to be the the go to guy now? By the looks of it, he might be. I mean, four. He had four kickoff returns this year uh, last week. So. Um, uh, I mean, it's hard to say because in, in week two in Atlantic City, he was their go-to uh, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So is is he their all-around go-to guy? Fine. I guess we'll find out this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, a quick note for his AFL debut, Mike Weaver, the new kicker for Baltimore, because we know they've been having issues this year, at least through the first two games. Uh, he went six of seven. So uh, it's good debut for Weaver. Pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty good. And we'll see what happens. Pretty good. Yeah, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, I will make more mention of this uh, after we talk about the game themselves, guys. But just as an FYI, uh, the Tompkins 16-yard catch in the fourth quarter with un- with 13 seconds left to go in the game, that was the very first touchdown this season with under a minute in the fourth quarter. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Make me a sad boy. Yeah, well, I'm I'm pretty sad as it is already. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, on the games on Saturday, we had the Atlanta City Blackjacks playing the Washington Valor. Valor, I'm going to talk to you about John about this because um, I know both actually both both games because I know Ben you're the we other have one. stories. Yeah, Ben you're the other one. Um, right. The Valor on Raise the Banner night uh, knocked off the Atlantic City Blackjacks in a pretty close game, forty-one thirty-four. Um, the, for Randy Hippard was 18 to 30, 237, three and one that one, by the way, and I'm sure, I don't know if you guys will agree. I think again, another interception in the end zone. Uh, I think that possibly cost them the game. Um, uh, leading receiver for Atlantic city was Lamarck Brown. He had uh, 43, uh, sorry, two touchdowns. Antoine Grant actually had led the team with the receptions and yards with eight and one Oh two. Kendrick Ings also had a touchdown. Uh, Lamarck and Randy also had a rushing touchdown apiece for, uh, for Washington. Arvell Nelson was 21 of 31, 178, three and zero. 
Those aren't Arvell Nelson numbers. What the hell? Um, uh, Reggie Gray. Big play Reggie Gray, man. Uh, led the team with touchdowns with two. Uh, Jared Dangerfield led the team with 10 receptions, 85 yards and a touchdown. Uh, also, Gray got in there with his third with a rushing touchdown, and uh, Arvell Nelson got two TDs uh, rushing, too. Um, John, uh, get, uh, we saw the great shots that you took at the game. Uh, give you have any uh, stories that you want to tell? Stories. I loved watching. Watching, I mean, this isn't safe, but I loved watching all the guys go over the boards. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> all these uh, these new rounded end zones are terrible, but it makes it makes for some exciting plays, yeah. and uh, that so that was fun. I loved being on the field during the banner uh, raising ceremony, and uh, that that was a pretty pretty great moment. And I hope we get to experience it again next year somewhere. Did, did uh, it give you the feels like it did when you were on the field for uh, the, for the Eddie Brown uh, uh, ceremony last year? I think the Eddie Brown ceremony was still bigger. Okay, but yeah, that was, like, you, a, that was did, like a lifetime in the making. It felt like it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. so epic. Yeah, but you, you yeah. Did, but you did get the feels. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I did. Okay. But I, Connie, I'm you're saying still, you got the feels. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that was it. Overall, it was a it was a good game. You know, the the start was a little slow. Uh, Blackjacks didn't put up anything in the first. Yeah, but w- once the second came around, they just stayed at a steady pace most of the game. Uh, I think the game was about t- what two hours, fifteen, twenty minutes. I think all games were this week. Yeah, very, very yeah. Close. And the uh, Mario Norman, he was putting on a show his uh his brother was there yep yep in the front row i think in the end zone that he had that interception yes, he in. was yeah. yeah yeah do you agree with me by the way do you think that was the it seems to be that the games that the the blackjacks have lost by seven points or less it uh, it seemed may have come down to a uh uh to a red zone um interception by by uh by hippard so is it fair you think that was the the one play that uh that may have knocked Atlantic City out from winning this game. I mean, you could say that. You could also say that Arvell really, really turned on the wheels. And, you know, he had eight rushes for 47 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, I, it's too hard for me to say. There's too many factors that go into the games now that they're getting shorter. Yeah. Is it is it one defensive back that's causing all the problems? Possibly. Is it one forced pass into the end zone? Is it choose a different receiver? Anything can change the outcome. Okay. So and by the way, we're, we're mentioning it for the last game. Just so happened there was a fourth quarter score under one minute. So <laughs> <laughs> there's there's two. Um, what what's your what was your thought, Ben? I know you. I don't know how much of the game you actually got to see or the highlights. Yeah. But from uh, I mean, how do you think Coach James is doing with this team? Uh, I mean, they they were in this game. They you know, yeah. they were in this game quite well. It's just that one or two things that they just couldn't get over that hump. Yeah. I'm wondering if maybe I was maybe, I mean, I guess we were all sort of mistaken at the beginning of the season thinking they would immediately be like this powerhouse team. Um, it still is a little bit of a head scratcher. And I think we're all sort of still wondering why exactly some teams are underperforming mm-hmm. because they don't, it's not like there's a lack of weapons on this team on offense. Um, you know, I don't know whether it's a Hippard thing. He he's doing well, but not you know absolutely tearing it up. Um, I, I was definitely expecting them to beat the Soul in Week One. I was expecting them to win this game. They've only beaten the Destroyer so far, so 
I don't know. I mean, I think there's maybe this is just a early season thing. Um, I still think that they have what it takes to be the best team in the league. Uh, but I guess we'll see going forward whether they can pull it together. Yeah. What about you, John? I mean, I know, you're, I know you're a Valor guy. I know you're a Valor guy, but I mean, just, just over. I mean, I am a Valor guy, but at the same time, I'm with Ben. Uh, Atlantic City does have all of the necessary weapons to make it to, to the Arena Bowl, mm-hmm. if not win it. They're very talented. Coaching, staff, players, people in the office are great, too. I, I don't see why necessarily this team is, is losing games right now. And it takes me back to thinking about Washington a year or two ago where we're talking about, well, what's causing them to lose a game? And it's just one or two missed opportunities somewhere, right. sp- somewhere sprinkled in the game that's causing causing them not to score those 6 to 14 points. Well, yeah, you're right, John. That's definitely getting worse now that the games are shorter. Like, yeah. one critical mistake mm-hmm. could actually completely end a game for you. <laughs> well, and then that's the reason why I mentioned Hippert, too. Right, Because right. game one versus Philly, pick six in, in the red zone. Same thing with this game. It was a pick, right. you know, it wasn't a pick six, but still it was an interception, which could have brought them into a where they were going to lead. Um, so yeah. Um, by the way, speaking of just, uh, just a quick note, because we're talking about the red zone, I don't know how much of the highlights you guys got to see on ESPN. Um, but the league debuted a new graphic for when the teams are inside the red zone. It's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I made mention of it on social media. Uh, nothing like having a black text on a dark red background. <laughs> the only thing that you could, with you, Tim. The, the only thing you could see was the, the the yard line that they were on, but for some reason they had it in a white circle. Who the hell knows? <laughs> it made no sense whatsoever. Um, hopefully, yeah, I, I, have, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I did. I think I didn't take a screen cap of it, but I sent a message off to and I kind of quote unquote CC to the, the commissioner saying this got to be changed. You got to you got to change this. Love your fire, Tim. Yeah, it's yeah. You want you want everything to look good, right? Hey, yeah, I totally they can, agree. They can bring in the timeouts thing, that which was amazing. I'm glad they did that. Yes, they did, and then didn't really actually adjust the timeouts until the fourth quarter. Some actually, some games yes, some, some games no. Yeah, I noticed that too. But some games yes, some games no. But it's uh, you know they're getting it. It's yeah. it's coming together. They're, they're yeah, getting it's getting it. it. And the last game of the week, which Ben was uh, attending, was the battle of the un- uh, early unbeaten's. Uh, the Albany Empire traveled to play the Philadelphia Soul uh, in what was, to me, can, uh, you know, this is what arena football should be like. Uh, <laughs> final score, 57-48. The Albany Empire stay undefeated. Uh, ben, you were there. Uh, what a game. But let me go over, quickly go over the, uh, the stats. Tommy Gritty. Oh, this, this is not mind-boggling in itself. 14-17, 256. Seven TDs, no interceptions. Just, <laughs> just think about that. He had seven incompletions. Seven incompletions. He threw a touchdown every other pass. I know. Every other completion. I know. <laughs> Mal- Malachi Jones, six receptions, 137 and two. Quentin Sims, got, he seems to be back at least for one game. He, had a, he also had two touchdowns. So did Demetrius Stevens. He had two. Um, for the soul, Dan Radabaugh had a pretty good game himself. Uh, 21 of 34, 309 and six, excuse me, let's try that again. <laughs> 21 of 34, 309, six and one. Uh, leading receiver was Darius Prince. He went off. Oh my Lord. 
Nine receptions, 191 and three. Guys, in two weeks, we've already had two players go over 190 yards receiving. Uh, three touch. Also, Darius Prince had three touchdowns also. Uh, there was a rushing touchdown by Ferns uh, for the Philadelphia Soul to round out the scoring. Ben, this game yeah. was nuts. Yeah, this was uh, this was amazing to experience <laughs> and to and to watch because it, it felt like a sigh of relief in a way. Um, you know, finally we're watching what we've been wanting to watch this whole season. And I think it solidified the concept that this rivalry is the best the league has right now. Mm-hmm. These two teams facing off generates the most uh, intrigue in the league. And uh, it was, I mean, first of all, I got to say it was really awesome being back in Philly. I hadn't been there since kind of early last season. And uh, there is definitely a vibe of like family there and, you know, seeing Bo Bell again and getting to talk mm-hmm. to him in the locker room and, and, you know, I I operate out of the coach's locker room for those games, so oh, I sort of oh, just get to be around everyone. Oh, excuse um, me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. No, I mean, it's just it, – it's nice because you just get to be around everyone, and, and and it's some some of it is definitely that I was shooting with them every week okay. during the Arena Bowl season. I see where you're going. Okay. Yeah, and so it was it, – it became very familial, and, and I just sort of got to know the staff really personally. So uh, it was awesome being there. And unfortunately, they did not win, but uh, it was – it, it really honestly came down to Dan Rodabaugh's inaccuracy. Um, I think he missed some huge throws. Yeah. Um, and there were, he, it only says one interception on the stat line, but he threw three dropped picks that were right in the hands of, of DBs. Um, in some cases, the DB was literally running with it and dropped it. So he could have easily had thrown four interceptions in this game. And Grady was just absolutely money. And I think something that we may find is, is interesting going forward is although Albany has really dynamic wide receivers, not, potentially not having Malachi Jones this week, you know, they throw it to him almost every time. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, Grady threw to him half the time yeah, and he dropped one pass, but overall he's sort of that weapon where you can just throw it and he beats any DB. And I think we've been saying this for, for two years now, but he, it's so obvious that he's an X level player when nobody can cover him. The, the soul cycled different defensive backs with him. You know, he was beating Romaines. He was beating Jones. He was just uh, he was just torching everybody with every single move he made in his route. So I don't know whether losing him is actually going to be a huge uh, impact on them, but, man, it was amazing to see him go off, uh, hopefully for the last time. But, you know, and, and, and you mentioned Lonnie Outlaw, another player who's been sort of weaving in and out. Yeah. Yeah. And someone mentioned this in like a comment on an Instagram post or something that he could be like, in theory, he could be the Megatron of the league. He is just huge. I mean, his his height is incredible. And he is really your ideal jump ball guy. And I've always thought that he had the potential to just break out in this league. And he's not really done that on like in a big way. He's had huge games, but we'll, well he, see if he's able to carry going forward. Yeah, I don't think he's gotten much of a choice, a, a chance. So even yeah. in the other leagues, even the CFL when he was up, he I think he was with Montreal and I think he was with Hamilton. He never really got a chance. Right. It, it has always sort of felt like that. I don't know whether it was circumstantial or, you know, with with Money Reynolds out, he's mm. obviously getting a chance and Wash is getting his chance and and players are sort of getting to step up. Jordan Williams did not get any opportunities in this game. But yeah. uh, Lonnie, you know, we'll see. He could be him, Prince and Washa being at the tops of their games and potentially, you know, money eventually coming back, which sounds like is going to happen um, later in the season. 
uh, that is scary. So I could see their receiving core potentially overtaking Albany's, and that might be the thing that puts them ahead. I think, it, though, it's funny. I think this happened last year, too, even when DraftKings wasn't around. Because it, there doesn't seem to be, even though they had money, they got, you know, they got Prince and uh, Washa, too. It's just that they, uh, they are a team that's tough to choose one single guy from for your fantasy. Because right. you don't know yeah. which one is going to be the guy yeah. for that week. And by the way, you're talking about a guy who, who can who can really get up there. What about what Q, uh, Quentin Sims did this oh week? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, God, he, that, he's, that he, he's that type of guy now, too. It's like, put the ball up, I'll catch it and get it. I think he did it on a right. touchdown. He did it on, on a one-two-point convert, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. Uh, there was an incredible jump ball. That was one of the most viewed things from 50-yard dash this week. But uh, also, the the number one viewed thing this season so far is uh, our Keith Brown returning a onside kick and just drilling a ref. Yeah. Oh, in the yes, end zone. You're right. <laughs> oh, I felt so bad. That, some like account called like Sports Alien shared it, and it got like fifteen thousand views or something. It is Damn. really check it out. It's, it's it's. I mean, obviously, it's nice. The ref was okay, but sometimes it's it's funny. You know, sometimes it's just funny, guys. Yeah, it was. That was the one where he, the ref, and then was it also the padding came off at the same time, or was it? The, yeah, on the, on the everything mat? just fell apart yeah. at the end of the play. It was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> um, what what did you take from from this game, John? Well, to be honest with you, I missed this game because I was in Washington at the time, and I haven't had time to to rewatch it or check out the highlights. But just from looking at the stat lines, the score, and the overall time of possession i know you guys hate when i talk about that no, no but, but i was gonna mention that continue continue yeah it's unbelievable that philly did not come out winning this game they possess the ball almost twice twice as much as albany it, it, it's solely going to come down to i guess tommy grady's accuracy and that's, malachi jones just yeah. torching exactly. everybody yes yeah and honestly this is you know I almost didn't think about this, but there was some very, uh, unfortunately, some coaching decisions that Dozell made that just backfired immediately. He went for it uh, on, I think, two extra point, uh, two extra point attempts uh, mm-hmm. that failed. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a missed field goal that he could have gone for on fourth down. There was the onside kick that was immediately returned for a touchdown. That honestly, I guess with the one minute timing rules, it's hard to criticize that decision. But uh, I think that ended the game for them. And Brown, uh, Brown, so Brown should have still should have gone down because even because that, yeah. that was at three that was at three minutes left in the fourth. Right, right, right. Yeah. So there was still clock left, but uh, this was definitely the game where I, I I know we've been frustrated with the one minute timing rules all season, um, and I've definitely been one of those people. But it was extra frustrating, I think, to see what was a great AFL game. And like yes. you said, Tim, just like, you know, ah, this is just what we've been waiting for. It was over and then 100 once points. You, it was over yeah, 105. It's, it's, once it's, you get it's, to that last minute. It matches and it there's for the an, year, highest for the year. Yeah. And once you get to that last minute and there's an incompletion and the clock is still running, <sighs> there's just, and, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just the most excruciating thing uh, in a game like this where it was just so exciting and, and it really could have just come down to the wire. And especially, I think, honestly, that's one of the biggest issues now – of all the issues is that incompletions don't stop the clock within one minute because it is absolutely brutal to witness mm-hmm. players having to scramble back from routes um, uh, across the field or into the end zone balls being thrown out of bounds. Pl- some players being flipped over the boards and having to get back yeah. to line. Of sc- it just burns so much time. What, what kills, what kills me is okay. I understand that, 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 you know, there's a touchdown 
and there's a touchdown, the clock will reset to its 60-second clock. Okay, that I yeah. get. Um, but we're not. One thing we're noticing, by the way, is that most of the touch when they go to commercial, it usually happens after most. It's a media timeout, so we don't see a clock run. Right. It's there's time before the thirty five, the sixty second clock starts. It's like start the damn clock. You know what I mean? It's like don't right. let any time run off. You have enough time run off as it is. Yeah. It really makes me wonder if, if the league needs to either go to twelve minute quarters. So probably rant for another day. Twelve minute quarters. Or reduce the play clock to twenty five seconds. Right. Something. I think that the at least the play clock reduction might help at least get more of the game in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like there will be more plays if they do that. You know, I don't know how many more, but it'll it'll be a start. And I have to look it up. By the way, I don't remember the last time that a play that a team had. Uh, uh, as you said, you know, time of possession really doesn't mean much in the AFL. But the last time the team had basically a two to one advantage in time of possession and lost. Yeah, it's wild. And lost. We can't forget, moving on, we can't forget that all the games this weekend, we actually had some milestones. Uh, milestones that we've been waiting for, I think, for two, for two weeks, uh, especially for Joe Hills. But we had some other milestones that, uh, that players had when it came to, uh, to career yards. And uh, Joe Hills was the one. He became the 17th player uh, in uh, Arena League history to... Uh, to get uh, 10,000 yards receiving in his career. Um, uh, Arvell Nelson, 10,000 passing yards. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, who, who, it, it was for Brandon Tompkins eight, had 8,000. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 8,000 in his career. So um, it's funny considering how dominant Joe Hills has been, especially during his streak too, um, mm-hmm. that he, he, so he only got, he's only had 10,000 yards. You would think it would be more. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's uh, it's good to see some of these guys get some yards, and hopefully some of the some of the newer guys will will start moving up the moving up the ladder. I I, I did not know about uh, about Arvell Nelson because our our list stops at twenty, uh, I think at fifteen, so it's it doesn't even show ten thousand. So yeah, um, okay. As I mentioned to you guys that the in the Baltimore game that was the first ever score this year, a score being whether it be a touchdown, a field goal, etc. That was the first time this year. That there was a score within one uh, within the what used to be the one minute rules. Um, what I had uh, information that was sent to me because I, I thought it, that we needed to get a little bit more context when it came to scoring in the last minute over the past couple of years. Um, it's now we're talking about you know scoring being down. I think we're still we are st- even with the hundred yard the hundred ga- uh, hundred point game in the Albany Philly game, we are still under eighty points per game for the year okay and i think and still we keep we're getting you know comments left right and center still talking about how the changes in the one minute rules have drastically reduced scoring i want to know what you guys think about this so um when it comes to scores under with under one minute okay uh this is only from from 2011 that we have these stats so we got a good mix of a lot of teams and very few teams do you do you guys want to just center on the last four years is that fair to do well what are you gonna ask i'm not gonna ask anything i'm gonna tell you something oh okay yeah uh so i'll you know i'll start from 2014 (laughs) stop i'll start from 2014 um so in uh there was 124 types of scores under one minute in 133 Three and 133 games in 2014. Okay, in 2015, 99 out of 114. And obviously, we're going to going down here as you can see. 70. That, that was weird. Only 70 
in 71 games in 20 in 2016 last year four teams only 40 now this is the first year of the change of the rules 49 scores within 38 games and this year it was if through the first couple games it was through the first two weeks it was uh sorry uh, this is 2018 uh, 30 scores at with 29 games and this year it, we were zero for six up until the first game this week this year what i mean does this does this really play to what we're saying about how the one minute rules are really bring it down drastically i mean yes we had more teams in some of these other years and stuff like that um and again as i said we were 0 for 6 going into this past week do we need more weeks in order to to see how it, how it is like with with scoring or just seeing that 0 for 6 prior to week 3 does that basically prove what we're saying about how these rules have affected the game quite a bit as they have uh ben yeah the rules suck i mean i'm just gonna say the rules absolutely suck um i think every single fan who was aware of the sport before the rule change is upset and i think there has to be something has to be done if they actually care about the game being exciting i i mean which I assume that they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very obvious that this has completely changed the league, uh, completely changed the experience of watching the AFL. Um, I, I don't know what statistics they were basing their decisions off of to do this, but I know, I know. they have to have... Uh, I don't know that they're second-guessing it yet. I would really love to talk to someone candidly about this because the last time we talked to anyone, it was week one. Um, but now that we have got some more data and 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 seen games slip out of the team's hands who could have come back. Uh, I, I would like to hear an updated reaction. I would too. Um, I, I'm ho- and I'm hoping they're hoping to make some modifications of some sort. I mean, I'm hoping this is a one thing. With, again, I, I don't want to see scoring being down by 21 points at the end of the year, but I yeah. kind of want it to be down by 21. To, you know what I mean? By 20. Right, points right. You want it to prove that this yes. is yes. not viable. Now, John, I, I'm not going to ask you about what I mentioned, but I know because the, I wanted to go to you because you've been bringing up some very interesting stats about to Ben and I during the games. You've been talking about how long these quarters have been lasting. Yeah, and I've been finding that the fourth quarter is not necessarily the shortest. Uh, Sometimes it's the second longest quarter in the game. I've also brought up some other things to you, and we all talk about how you know there's no real preseason, and you know we're going to be in week four now, so you know preseason should nearly be up, quote unquote. And we lost a lot of veteran talent from 2018 coming into 2019. So we're missing some wide receivers and some offensive linemen, pass protection. So. These quarterbacks and these newer, younger guys don't have the chemistry that we've seen over the last two or three years. So these are my reasons for the scoring to be down. I say that if we start seeing the scoring stay down for the rest of the season, especially in the fourth, then I'm definitely with you guys. And some something needs to be looked at again, changed, analyzed. Something's got to give. And John, the the length of the fourth quarter, was that that's just duration of... How long it lasted in real time? In real time. I'm yeah. guessing that the reason that the fourth quarter is still slightly longer is because everybody is now saving their timeouts for it. Yeah. Um, nobody's using timeouts in the third quarter anymore because they basically can't. And well, <laughs> you know, only it's, it's, one, remember, only one is a clock stoppage. Right. Well, no, they all stop 
the clock. No, one, two, two, only one two, of them is an actual 30 second timeout. Well, that, that, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, one, as soon as the one will start, the, the game clock starts immediately after you call it. It stops the clock, but the game clock starts immediately. That, re, that 30 minute, whatever, I don't know what to call them now. Uh, the full right, the, the 30 the, second timeout. Yeah, the full 30, we'll call it a full 30. You get a clock stoppage across the board, I guess. that's. But let me pose this to you. I just checked. Yeah. The fourth in all three games were the highest scoring quarters. All three games. But yet, that's funny. But yet, as the stat that I said before, there have been no scores. <laughs> there Through week two, there have been no scores. Right. Uh, under in the a final, minute. Yeah, exactly. That's... God, it's mind-boggling. God, that's really bad, yeah. <laughs> it's it's all over the place. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I think just everybody is upset about this, and and there is no easy answer. I've been asking around, uh, you know, I was asking around the soul folks, just sort of what John was saying, like, w- what exactly is the cause overall for scoring to be down? And definitely some some of the reason is that some veterans have not come back um, there are more rookies in the AFL this year than there were last year by far because of the expansion t- of two teams and and some teams having a lot more rookies than we expected. Um, that's definitely part of it, but I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't it. yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I think it it's kind of inexplicable that that scoring it, you know, nobody scores in the first quarter anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? I, 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 you know, I don't really buy buy that, though, Ben, because. Look at the amount of, of veteran quarterbacks we have. There's still veteran quarterbacks, and every team has at least one veteran wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you look at any any given team has has huge weapons somewhere on their offense. Yeah. So it doesn't really explain it. I, I I don't know, but hey, John, keep up the day. I love when you first said that stat off to me. I was like, that's cool. I'm glad you're deciding to keep keep uh, keep that up. So yeah, I'm I'm going to continue to pay attention to that. Yeah. Um. Wow, I'm trying to think. Uh, any other news that we talk about before we get to for the games of this week? Because I know we also wanted to talk about uh, our upcoming trip and just to, to, just to see what we wanted. Uh, what was your What was your thought, guys? Because uh, we're ta- it's going to happen again this weekend, uh, really across the board. What was your thoughts for having? Because I know you guys were off in two different cities at the same time. What was your thought of having uh, two games on at the exact same time compared to what it was for the first two weeks of the season? I'm personally not I'm not a huge fan of that. I mean. It's cool in one way to have, you know, simply having more games, you know, that's going to happen. Um, and, and the league, I don't think, is prioritizing staggering games necessarily. Um, it, there is a throwback sensation back when the, the league had many more teams to the fact that there was a lot of action happening on one night, you know, as a fan from home switching back games. There's some nostalgia there. Um, right now, there's only, you know, there's only three games a week, so it does it's a bit of a shame having to like miss a game. Uh, but I don't know. I, I mean, I think for fantasy lovers, it was probably fun to switch back and forth. If that's even easy to do on ESPN three. Um, it's, it's nice to have a lot of action going for the AFL for one that. night. Yeah, I, I would switch over to, uh, cause I have, I have both the, the NBC sports network channels and I was able to switch back and forth. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to watch the Philadelphia game. I think that was my primary game. But then yeah. I would get back to the other one. I, I was hoping that it was going to be good. I'd forget the other one was on, then I had to switch back. And so I got a, a good chance to see. But with having ESPN three and having access to these games now on demand, yeah, it's you know it, it's cool. But you know what? I still love the idea of uh, basically of uh, uh, what's the, what's the term I'm trying to use here? Um, 
staggering games? Well, not not what just um uh, you're channel hopping, you're channel surfing. Basically. Right, 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 yeah. right. That I is think, still fun. Yeah, I love doing that. Um, guys, uh, I had a very crappy week when it came to. I I thought I was going to do well, but when it came to uh, um, uh, DK this week, I uh, no. <laughs> I think you boasted. I came very close to you, Ben, this week. I think very Did close. You? I think it was like uh, seven points behind. We we had all the same players except for one, and that was the difference in in what you beat me by. Oh boy, that that's what you beat me by. So wait, uh, what's your username? You're you were in you were in ninth, right? Yeah. Uh, I was in fourth, so I don't know what. It was a it was like a difference of about like, of seven points. Oh, you know what? It, the rankings are still. Oh wait, I don't understand the rankings. Oh, no, they're by points. Yeah. Oh, so you had 168. I had 183. Okay. Oh, is that what you ended up with? John. Oh, John had 162. It's honestly the whole the whole uh, everyone was very close this week. If you look at just the top ten, yeah, the top ten is all close in points, and uh, and it's it's honestly because some players just don't score that many points. Like if you have an individual scoring 26 points, that's or or 20 points or, or, you know, that's really not that many to, to differentiate you from the next person. So like uh, the top player having two fifteen, you know, that's a difference of literally one player. Like you said, like right. I had Michael Benson and it got me 0.4 points. If I had had, it would have required probably two more successful players to be in first. So uh, it really does matter. You're having a really strong six. You can't have one weak link. You have but to. That have was two- the problem. I had a weak yeah. link, and that was unfortunately it was choosing, it was choosing uh, Ferns. You yeah, know, he, he really didn't get much. I mean, all the other quarterbacks did well, um, but yeah, it's I'm trying to go here. I want to go to the leaderboard. Yeah, one of my receivers uh, did well yardage wise, but no touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So that that is what made the big difference for me. Oh yeah, Washa. Yeah, finishing what I. Two, two or three touchdowns from him in, instead of uh, to Outlaw or Prince, and I could have yeah, right. turned the tides in another 18 points. Yeah. I was trying to think. You were able to see what the final scores were for all of us, right? I'm, trying to, I'm still trying to yeah. find that. How did you find that? Uh, I click History. For all the fans at home that yes, want to check it out, you, click on Leagues, then click View the League, and then uh, there's a History tab. Where you can see oh, next to upcoming, is. there it is. You can okay. See the previous contest you've engaged with. Yeah, and you could you could see that this week I was able to beat everybody's little asses, um, except for except for Empire Mike and. Actually, I oh, I, I didn't notice. I, I did beat you, John. I did not. I didn't think you, either of you. Had... Tim, what? So yeah, Tim, you're so humble. Oh no, I didn't know I had. I thought he had beaten me too. That's I'm, that's why I'm saying that. So it's. Um, Classic so, humble brag. Yeah, well, you know. Um, but this, th- it's a little bit harder this week because obviously with the price, the price is. A f- I wish I were. To, I wish they had a link of what the what everybody the history of what their prices were. I thought they. Yeah, did. that would be cool. I really thought they did. Um, but just trying to find out. Let me go over to the leagues, and uh, we're gonna go over our rosters again. And obviously, it's a little bit harder. I went with the four t- the four quarterbacks last week. It did okay for me. I thought I was gonna get more points than I did, but obviously, it didn't help. Um, I think Ben, what was the differences between your team and my and, and my team that that you got you those twenty extra points? It was one extra quarter, the correct quarterback, right? Okay. Yeah, I had five quarterbacks. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> and, and I think maybe, we'll see, but that may have been the last week where that was possible because the prices increased quite a bit this week, making it impossible to 
duplicate that strategy. So yes. I don't know if that's going to be an every week thing, but I could not do that this week at all. No, I know. Um, John, who who is your uh, who are you going with as your captain this week? Uh, this week I'm going with Lamarck Brown. Okay, Ben, you? Uh, Quentin Sims in lieu of oh, Malachi Jones potentially that, not being smart on their core. I, I'm I'm hoping I'm not going to eat this. I'm I'm actually going with Reggie Gray for the moment. Eat as, it. Yeah, as my. Uh, as my uh, uh, captain. Um, John, go over the rest of your team. So I'm going to start Quentin Sims, as well as Joe Hills, Darius Prince, Lonnie Outlaw, and I am playing a quarterback. That's going to be Arvell Nelson. Well, you're only going with one. Wow. Uh, Interesting. Let's try something different this yeah. week. You know, DraftKings is going to be around for a long time. We need a we yeah, need strategy. We start tracking out the different strategies. I, I yep. think it's tough too because most of the time you and a guy, you and I are we're all guys, we're all talking about one lineup for our single arena fan game. Right. right. It's not like we can try these well some of us play the different other games, but I mean it's it, it, I'm sure we could do different other things too, but it's it's hard. It's not like quick play last year where we I think we I'm sure all of us would have had the exact same lineups because most weeks yeah yeah because we weren't under the restrictions of a salary cap ben who did you choose the rest of your team all right so sims was my captain i went with veli joe hills dan rodabaugh lonnie outlaw and grant russell i still think grant russell who is valued much lower this week is still sort of a high value pick for for the amount of money he's been worth this season russell is what is he he's at 7200 he's down by about four hundred dollars i think it was yeah yeah he was not valued very highly uh, a couple weeks ago and you know he scored like five touchdowns so exactly you never know so far with him um for me as i said Richard gray is my captain Uh, i'm going i'm trying something i'm going with arvell nelson because he seems to be the the money guy even at 11k and i think he's one of the high isn't he the highest player in the league yeah i think so at 11k um, Darius, or no, Grady's almost fifteen thousand. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that's being that's being flex. That uh, that's yes, being yes, your that's true. 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 Um, Darius Prince, Joe Hills, Radabaugh, and this, I'm not sure about this, and I may have to modify something, but I actually chose Michael Benson. I know currently they haven't listed him listed as out, but I think he was listed as uh, <laughs> what was his 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 what was the reason why I'm trying to see here? Uh, oh, because he was a non-participant in. Uh, in practice practice yeah talking about practice practice so very oh john how much money do you have left 500 ben 500 i got 100 bucks oh but then again i have i have i think a little bit more expensive quarterbacks yeah in my you guys i'm going with two i'm going with a lot of the high price guys yeah i've got three it's tough as i said picking prince i think is the safe pick for the for the soul but then again as we saw wash could go off one week Right, outlaw could go off. I think Prince is uh, of the soul people, someone they're always, always, always going to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wash has been a beast, and outlaw just suddenly emerged. But well, I think Washer went, Washer went, went scoreless last week. No, I know. I, I mean, he's been a beast. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you never know whether they could alternate between Wash and outlaw or when Reynolds comes back. But Prince is always going to be that guy, unless he's injured. He's always going to be the guy they Actually, go to what? for what, uh, who, which one you pick with Mark Brown with that you, John. Yeah. yeah, that's pay at 27, 27.5 points per game, and not only at $6,400. That, Great value, that's especially for the ca- captain. Yeah, that's for the a captain. Damn good choice. That's it. I want to make some changes. Um, 
Um, again, if anybody wants to join the leagues, uh, shoot me an email over to tim.cap at arenafin.com and I'll, uh, I'll give you the link so you can, you can join us. Even if you're behind, just, just come over just there to have some fun. So, um, also don't forget that we're on social media. There are a couple of other places where you can find us. Uh, there is Instagram, there's Facebook, there is, uh, Twitter. Those are all slash arena fan. And then if you want to listen to the podcast, uh, the last three shows, usually based off of time will be listed over on SoundCloud. If you want to listen to the last, I think it's 50 shows of, uh, of AFL tonight. Uh, you can go over to Google play music, Apple iTunes, or Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcast, not Apple iTunes. That's the exact same thing. Um, so, um, what do we talk about here, guys? We got the schedule coming up uh, for the first time this season. All games, same day. Hype. Same day. So, what do we get? We're not. I guess we're not going to watch the other games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on to, well, well, yeah, no, uh, we yeah, can't watch not. Philly Washington because we're going to be at the meet and greet. No, nope. yeah, that's right, that's right. So, I guess we will have to. Um, finagle away in order to watch the games. <laughs> we could put it on an iPad, and it could be called Meet, Greet, or Watch Philly Washington on an iPad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> unless they can get uh, unless they can get Philly uh, NBC Sports Philly or Washington in uh, in Columbus, which guessing not, but they might be able to. But who knows? I don't know. Um, so uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I need to bring up the uh, John. Do you have the the lines? Are they currently up yet? Because I'm I'm checking. No, them. the lines are not up That's on killer, the DraftKings. It seems to be <laughs> that they're coming out on Thursday evening or Friday morning. They really need to step it up. I, I don't know what's taking. I agree. Uh, it sucks because so you would think this would be the first season where this would be super prioritized. Of course. Yeah, you'd think so. But again, even with five dimes, it's the exact same thing. It's like dudes come on what what happened to years past right it didn't make any sense um let me bring up massey then um because i know they had a, they had a couple of weeks that were that were listed there we go massey ratings uh the first game of the week is going to be at three thirty. it is going to be the philadelphia still traveling to play the washington valor the game will be on sports uh nbc sports philadelphia plus and nbc sports washington um this game, uh, let me see here. Uh, the sold guys lead the all-time series six to one. The, the only time that Washington won was uh, in June of last year in Philadelphia. So Washington's never won a game versus Philadelphia at home. Um, <laughs> um, what, what's your what's your thoughts on this game? I mean, uh, we know how Washington got the, their first win of the game uh, of the year last week. It, it was something that they needed to do to show that they weren't, you know. They weren't going to wait forever in order to get their first game of the year. Right, and right. also raising the banner, that was, that was the best time to get a win. Uh, Philadelphia's coming off their first loss of the year, and uh, it was a tough loss versus, Phil, uh, versus Albany. Um, John, what are you looking for when it comes to this matchup between these two teams? Well, I'm looking for Arvell to do what he did last week and balance the ball so that he doesn't get picked off in in the end zone or downfield. I think that Washington has a good chance to win this week. Uh, you know, this this team this year is not the same team that was uh, in existence last year around this time. The, you know, the, the staff is different, the players are different, the quarterback, etc. And Philly's coming off of a loss at home, and they're going to be on the road this week. I think it's a good opportunity for for Washington to get that win at home again. Ben, 
while I am very pleased with Washington's uh, trajectory right now, um, they seem to have promise. And like you said, Tim, it's really refreshing to see them win a game in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, I still can't help but really be impressed with how Philly played the best team in the league, Albany. And I think there is something to say about the fire they might have from that loss and it being, you know, arguably the best game of the season. Um, I think they're going to bring it against Washington. So I, I take Philly here. Yeah, I, I'm looking at that too. I think something about Coach Dozell, I think we'll have them ready to play this game. I think it'll be a very close game. Obviously, I think uh, yeah. Nelson will probably go off with uh, maybe three rushing touchdowns. Um, uh, let's see. Massey has um, has Philadelphia favored by three and a half with an over under uh, of ninety point five points. Obviously, guy, remember, guys, these are speculative because of the of what we read last week and what I think what was the game that ended up being at eighty two points. What was the game at over under of eighty two? Was it the second game of the week? Was it at, uh, or was it the Baltimore one that was at eighty two points? Because I know I think it was the, I was I think it was the first game. I think it was a uh, Baltimore. I think Baltimore was. But anyway, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm giving, I'm gonna give Philadelphia a slight edge in this one. Um, I, I also to the fact that Washington's never beaten Philadelphia at home. Um, uh, but they look good. You know, it's, it's, uh, Arvell, I think, is this the first time that they, they've been, that they're playing, uh, that Arvell's playing? No, no, they played him twice last year, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, um, yeah, I'm gonna give Philadelphia a, a slight edge in this one. Uh, the second game of the night, uh, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, of the day, or rather, 7 o'clock start time, uh, Atlantic City is playing host to the Baltimore Brigade. First and foremost, guys, we want we are hoping that they are able to draw for a 7 o'clock game. That's a huge thing, that we want to make sure that they can draw at least three quarters of what they did for their last game. Uh, the game will be also broadcast uh, on uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia and NBC Sports Washington, so a doubleheader on those two stations. Um, well, I, we could say which which Shane Boyd will show up, but I mean, it's I guess we'll find out. But what's your thought, John, on this one? Uh, Atlantic City's second game at home. Um, they've they've had some some rough games as of as of late. Uh, again, it seems to be a could be just one pick six in the red zone that is costing that has cost them their two losses. Um, how, how do you think uh, they will? How do you think these two teams will fare in Atlantic City? Well. It's hard to say, but Atlantic City looked good last week against Washington and played a close game overall. And Atlantic City won their first game at home. I would say that they have a good chance to win this game. I mean, you know, Baltimore is sitting 2-1 and one right now, so they're not undefeated, and they're going to be on the road. And I'm, I'm going to go with the home team on this one. Home team. Okay, Ben? Yeah, I think Baltimore is definitely vulnerable, although uh, I love what we've seen from them so far. You know, they, they did beat Columbus and they barely beat Washington. So I, I think that if there's a time for Atlantic City to, you know, get a kick in the ass and, and just take one, uh, it would be this week. Um, I think it would be nice to see them stake their ground this week. So I think I'm going to go with AC, too. Um, what's funny, we keep forgetting about the history of these two coaches. Uh, Ron James is actually 3-0 and lifetime versus Omar Smith. And 4-2 and lifetime versus, uh, sorry, sorry, 3-0 and lifetime versus Baltimore, but 4-2 and and lifetime versus Coach Smith. Like right? LA Kiss days? Uh, yeah, yeah, when, when he's with Tampa, exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm, I, I think, I, I think just one or two things that need to be changed that, that will... 
that will allow Atlantic City to win. Um, Coach James has played and obviously has had uh, so much history with Joe Hills that I think he may try something different this week in order to contain. I think Joe will still extend his streak, but I have a feeling that he's going to do something different um, to to try and keep Joe off the boards or to, to try to make sure. I mean, dare go double uh, to go a double uh, double cover him. I I don't know if that's really wise in arena football, but it's <laughs> yeah yeah. I, I'm I'm wondering. I think he's going to try to do something to stop Joe Hills and make to make uh, uh, make Shane Boyd go to somebody else. So um, I, I'm going to give uh, I'm just because of history alone. I'm also I'm going to give AC a slight edge also in this one. Uh, last game of the week. It's also at seven o'clock. The game will be broadcast on my four in Albany and on the CW. Uh, I think it's the digital channel. I think it's 6.2. Cause I tried watching the game last week and it, it wasn't on their over the air. Ch- it wasn't, uh, on their digital channels on the over the air channel. Um, but Albany undefeated coming into Columbus. It is the return of the Columbus Destroyers to the Nationwide Arena and to the city for the first time since 2008. Uh, these team, two teams already met earlier in the season. Um, uh, it wasn't Albany at its best, obviously, with only scoring 19 points, and they had a different quarterback under center for Coach Salk. Um, there's going to be a lot of hype, and just, I, I, I'm sure, and the atmosphere is going to be crazy. We haven't heard actual... Um, we haven't had heard actual numbers yet on what they may be getting uh, as far as uh, uh, fans-wise. But um, I, I think the main question here, guys, is can Columbus come away with the win? Not a matter of can Albany win, but what what does Columbus have to do in order to win this game, Ben? Well, what's weird is that like we've seen Grant Russell really turn it up, and that has not had them win a game. So <laughs> I think it has to be that the defense is able to stop Tommy Grady. Uh, it needs to be the perfect combination of that and Russell having a great game. Um, I-, I think it's been established that there's potential for him to have like a 5-TD game. He obviously has a good receiving core. Uh, they-, they have a chance, uh, although Albany's defense is, is extremely strong, so... It really everything has to go right. It's it's hard for there to be a logical way to to rationalize picking Columbus over Albany in any regard, but I think it just has to be one of those games where for some reason Albany's defense breaks down and for some reason Columbus's defense, which which does have some playmakers on it, uh, can shut down Albany's offense. Yeah, John. And I th- I think I think Columbus's offensive line is going to have to play its best game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, for for them to really have the chance of getting that win. All other things aside, regardless of defensive play, regardless of the receivers, I think the offensive line is going to be the biggest make or break for Columbus winning winning this weekend. Yeah, yeah. for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think if if Russell's line is ass as much as he has been for the past two and a half weeks, it wasn't as bad last week. Right. But, but if he's on his backside as much as he was, uh, it, it's not going to bode well. I think. Um, uh, for for the team and unfortunately for the fans this week. I by the way I forgot to mention. Um, uh, Bal- uh, excuse me. Baltimore is favored over Atlantic City on Massey by eight and a half points. Uh, for this game itself, all of, they have Albany favored by nineteen and a half. Wow! Points. Wow! And, and given Columbus, because they always give a percentage of wins. By the way, of winning. They've given Columbus a 6% chance of winning. Wow. Oh. I mean, I guess that's accurate with the information we have, yeah. but Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. Uh, they put it only the over-under at 71.5. Uh, I don't know if that's really accurate. We'll have to wait again until they come out for, for the, on the DraftKings Sportsbook, and John will post those on social media uh, when they are available, and we'll, we'll tweet them out to you. But, oh, uh, needless to say, I think Albany will win, too. Um, uh, one thing we also want to talk about, too, is because we are going to be there. And I, I think it's just matter. We've seen the pictures already, guys. Uh, I know we were talking about rounded end zones before, but the, the squared-off end zones, by the way, for Columbus, they look absolutely amazing. They, you can tell they got the new turf. I think it's the third team this year that has a new turf, Philly, Atlantic City, and, uh, and Columbus. They all have the new AFL logo at, at, at midfield. Um, what, what are you guys looking forward to when it comes to the, comes to the, uh, the trip and to uh, uh, what we're going to be seeing this weekend? Either one of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's sorry you uh, glitched out for a second. Oh, um, I, I think that it's awesome that the the three boys from Arena Fan, the bad boys of AFL podcasting, are going to be out on the town sharing a twin mattress in a hotel. Uh, <laughs> it's a queen. You know, it's a queen. It's, damn it. Uh, it's a it's a long twin or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to just sort of be out in Columbus. I think it's going to be really cool to to travel for a game. Uh, for me personally, and I, I know for you know John drives to a lot of games. I drive to a lot of games. It's cool to to really go out there. At Tim, you you fly to several games, so you know yeah. this is maybe a little bit more typical for you. But uh, it's going to be cool for all of us to be out there. And and as a fan of the classic AFL, uh, I am sort of just really excited to see Columbus return to the league as a as you know back in the same arena. Um, I have a feeling that it's going to be a very nostalgic moment for me, even though I've never been to the stadium. Yeah. Uh, you know, I obviously saw it on TV a ton when I was little. And uh, yeah, I just can't wait for sort of the, the classic return of the AFL to Columbus. And I'm, I'm excited for, for the experience of the weekend. I've never been to Nationwide Arena, and I think that's going to be very exciting. We're going to stay in a new city and hang out. We're going to get some exploring in if we have some time Mm -hmm. and i think yeah tim the field looks great i'm excited to to take photos there inside of nationwide and you know see what the best angles are in in terms of photography i think it's going to be a lot of fun what what does nationwide hold for arena football i don't remember I'm trying to remember, to remember what the what the team had back in the day. They they averaged quite well. Then they averaged like anywhere between thirteen and fourteen thousand a game. Yeah, I, I bet the capacity was probably eighteen thousand tops. Okay, uh, I mean I'm looking forward to it too. I mean it's um, you know I usually only do travel for uh, for arena bowls. Um, right. Uh, you know, f- for me to be able to be at an opener, I mean, that to me, that's really what it was. I was kind of disappointed last year. I wanted to go to the Washington uh, inaugural opener, you know, to say that I was there um, to, to see a new team start, whether they won or lost, just for the atmosphere and, and see how how this uh, how the, the this city has, has would take to a new team. Um, you know, it, it adds to my thing. I mean, it's, I know, Ben, I don't know. You keep track of this of this stuff. But I mean, guys, this. You know, this will be my 17th different, 18th, 17th or 18th different city that I will have seen a game in, in my, wow, history, that's awesome. in my history. So it's, um, I just love being there just, you know, I never, really never got a chance. I mean, I never thought I'd ever say that I've been to three games in four weeks at the beginning of the arena football league season. That that's a, that's a nuts in itself. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, as a, especially as a Canada man, I you know, who really, really exactly. has to, <laughs> you really has to, you know, put out for, to, to do that. And you have to really put in a lot of effort to make it to these games. 
That's saying a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Albany. Albany to me is, it's, you know, to me, Albany, I could drive to Albany in my sleep. I love Albany, though. It's a great And, and you do notoriously sleep on the way. Yes, I do. No. <laughs> Behind the wheel. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Nothing like having an autonomous car. Thank you very much. Um, if anyone wants to black out with the boys from Arena Fan, come to the Blackwell Inn and Falf Conference yeah, Center. Falf. Falf. On Tuttle Park Place. Um, I will actually be there on Friday if anyone wants to come track me down and assassinate me. I'm I'm, I'm once again looking forward to being assassinated on this trip. Um, I think the podcast will get a lot more views, so can't wait. (laughs) For the memorial episode, right? (laughs) Yeah, the memorial episode. Playing the classic clips. The frat likes that, sort of playing the first time that happened. The entire episode. Just be the frat like that over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) The air horn. Um, by the oh way, and, and I know if I'm pronouncing it properly, we, we make fun of it. We, we're making fun of the name of the, of the conference center the, the entire time since we booked it last week. We don't know if it's pronounced fall or not, but that's the way it just it reads. <laughs> it, yeah, it reads and is spelled like that. Uh, I think what's funny. E-F-A-H-L. I mean, yes. do the math. It's fall. Yeah. Uh, but what's funny is we booked this and we didn't know that there is a there's a um, a music uh, festival going on very close to us. I think it's happening over at the uh, where the Columbus Crew play. It's gonna be great. Uh, but we're on campus, so we'll get a we'll get a little bit. You know, even though you know this 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 forty eight year old kid here is gonna be. You know, being able to mingle on campus. You know, it's like, ooh, I get to be a campus kid again. So, um, over that's the, uh, what we want to hear from over you, Tim. The the. <laughs> Uh, Ohio State University. Um, so, but no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, again, do not forget that the uh, meet and greet is going to be at the Three Mares at 4 p.m. Um, th- sorry, well, three, it's sorry, the Three sorry, Legged Mares. Sorry, thank yeah. you. I was about to say Three Legged Mares at 4 p.m. <laughs> um, look for us in our arena fan merch. I'm sure won't be able to miss us. Um, I know we'll be there for at least an hour. Um, so, uh, if you want to let us know that you're going to be there, let us know on the message boards, let us know on, on Twitter, on Facebook, or email me at tim.capper.arenafen.com. And, uh, we will be, uh, we'll be looking forward to, to meeting all of you guys listening uh, to p- actually putting, it sounds weird, putting faces to the ears of the listeners. That makes no sense. It makes a lot of sense. Oh, does it? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, again, keep, keep, uh, keep, uh, your eyes on to all of our social media accounts for any updated news when it comes to Malachi Jones or anybody else on the transaction wire. Um, but other than that, guys, I am looking forward to seeing you. Uh, I know we're going to have some fun. It will be a week, uh, rolling, uh, an arena bowl weekend basically into one day, but I'm sure it'll be fun nonetheless. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Someone please kill me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, and John, uh, <laughs> obviously, Ben, be, uh, have a good flight. John, be safe on your, on your road trip. And yes. uh, we will, uh, hopefully, if everything goes well with both of our flights, we will uh, see you uh, around noonish on Saturday. So for everybody here at AFL Tonight, for John, for Ben, I'm Tim. Watch the rebound off the net.